and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how you doing um i enjoyed the like ripoff of scream at the beginning that turned into its own thing i told you i said these movies it's <laughs> the first one scream the second one's friday the 13th and the third one i guess is the witch okay yeah i was i've never seen the fear street trilogy um, today we're doing 1994, the part one, and I was very skeptical because this was Greg's idea. And I was like, I'll do it because Greg's done things for me where like, oh, yeah, we're going to do back to back vampire movies. In your defense, I want to give you a round of applause here because that's one thing. Us recording three episodes or releases them three in a row and everything like that. You're putting in some work on this. So I appreciate you doing this one for me. Oh, all, all I'm doing is watching a movie and making funny about it. You have to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad you... Did you like it, though, I'm assuming? Because you said it got yeah. it changed and got better? Yeah, no, even at the beginning, I enjoyed it when it was kind of a quasi-scream thing. But overall, I did enjoy it. I'm looking forward to checking out the next one in the 70s. I do think it's extremely interesting, and it's very smart on their part that they have like these Stranger Things kids in these in this series, and they skip the 80s. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that. That would have felt too much like, here's just more Stranger Things. Yeah, because in this one, what, we had Mia Hulk, right? Yes. And then it's Max from Stranger Things is in the uh, next season, I believe, or next movie. But yeah, I think it's extremely smart for them to skip the 80s, especially too of there's been so much 80s nostalgia stuff, unless it's done extremely well. Like the It remake did okay with it, but it was also over the top at points. Like Stranger Things did did it perfectly, but almost ruined it. Yeah, and everyone else is trying to do it too then after that. Yeah, so I like they went 90s, 70s, and then like the 1600s. Yeah. Now, I know you weren't a Goosebumps kid, which is weird to me, because that's like my introduction into horror and everything, kind of, as Goosebumps. Of course, you know things, you see things, but that's like the first thing I really got into. Like, I devoured those books as a kid, and they were written by R.L. Stein, and he also did other stuff that just wasn't the kids' horror things. This was like his young adult like horror series. He wrote Fear Street, so these were based on his books, too. Oh, okay, that makes sense why you wanted to do these. I know you're an R.L. Stein fan, so yeah, that I really makes like sense Stein. now. Okay. I wanted to make sure we got to these. Goosebumps-wise, um, I would watch the show from time to time, because I remember the intro. Oh, yeah. I kind of skipped over a few steps and went to, like, right to sl- uh, Slashers. Yeah, and I mean, that's fine, but for me, those have a special place in my heart. Like, so I, this is the closest, I don't want to like cover Goosebumps episodes, I don't think ever on this. So this is close and I just like them on their own. You know what I mean? Was there a Goosebumps book where it was the town underneath the big snowy mountain and there was a monster on the mountain, but the monster, spoiler alert, ended up being like a snowman or like just a Yeti or something? Ah, there was the Yeti of Pasadena. I don't know if that would be that one. 
it was like extremely suspenseful and really like cool up until the part of like you found out what the monster was and i remember even being in elementary school being like this is boring this is dumb (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so written by arl stein he wrote the books this is directed by lee janiak i hope i'm pronouncing that right yeah that's what i would also say (laughs) time of recording i watched this for the first time almost exactly one year ago because i had covid and couldn't do anything and I was putting off watching these movies because I had to watch three of them. I was late to the party when they were coming out originally. So yeah. I was like, oh, I can't do anything. So I just binged all three of them. I remember my COVID thing was Peacemaker. Yeah, everyone has their COVID thing when they're stuck and couldn't <laughs> yeah. do anything. When I had it, this is what I watched. All right. You want to get into this movie? Yes, yeah, so let's record this one? fucker. All right. So Heather, like you said, played by... I forget her name already, God. Robin from Stranger Things. Yeah, um, Mia Hawk or Maya Hawk. Okay, but she's working at this mall bookstore, and by the way, there are so many needle drops throughout this. There's a soundtrack every minute in this movie. Oh, even where they mention that in the description on Netflix. Of like, oh, it has an amazing soundtrack. And I was almost like, oh no. I mean, I did like it pretty much because, I mean, this is my era of growing up, so I did love the soundtrack. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And Nine Inch Nails is playing, which is a very weird song, Closer by Nine Inch Nails to Closing Up the oh. Bookstore. Because, you know, immediately what I think of is Get em from Tell em Steve Dave singing Closer. Yes. Ryan, who works in, like, this Spencer's knockoff type store, calls, and then he <laughs> comes over and scares her with a blow-up doll. Well, and I love when, like, here in a little bit, when we go inside the knockoff Spencers, and most of it's just, like, glow-in-the-dark stars, and, like, there'd be sex dolls, and it's just all the, there's, like, fake poop and vomit and stuff. All that classic Spencers stuff. Yeah, it reminds you of 90 Spencers. Oh, I used to love that. I was on, I was looking out for a Suncoast. Like, just to (laughs) pause it, to look at it, be like, I remember you, I bought so many VHSs from you. But when he's over there, he hears someone whisper, Ryan, and he looks around and doesn't see anything, but there's this fly buzzing around him, too. Heather's back in the store closing up because he's going to give her a ride home. She hears something, but then my notes literally say she's attacked by the Misfits logo. Yeah, it's a kind of, this costume is cheap. The other two scary monsters, I kind of enjoy. Well, I think it's supposed to be. The Sackhead guy is a little, like, over the top. But that's also, like, I know what they're doing, so it's like, okay. But, yeah, I guess it could also be, because it is, like, around Halloween time and whatnot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just something he grabbed from the store he's working at, you know what I mean? Yeah, probably. Thank God he didn't grab one of the sex doll masks. Those things look (laughs) weird. (laughs) But she doesn't know it's him, and so she goes to his store and calls 911, and she's attacked in there, and her stomach gets sliced with a knife, but she gets away and hides. And there's a really cool effect, because it's all, like, neon and everything in the store when the blood splashes in there. It looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And this entire time, I'm like, no, Mia Hulk! Like, don't hurt her! We love her in Stranger Things! She just finally told that girl she likes her! Like... They're, they're legit trying to do Scream here, like, as much as we said it, because they have the biggest name star here at the beginning and is going to get killed right away. It really was. As soon as, like, she dies, I was like, they're doing the Scream thing. It's almost, like, even shot the same. Yeah. But she runs, like, out into the mall, and 
she's tackled and stabbed and this makes me so sad for some reason, I don't know why, that she takes off the mask before she dies and sees it's her friend. I don't know why that, like, feels so much more upsetting than if she just got killed. I'm like, oh, that sucks. That's, like, your last moment of life. You're like, oh, my best friend killed me. Well, you can see it on her face of, like, wh- why? We were just joking around ten minutes ago. Yeah, I know. It's, it's weird and kind of a bummer, but then the police show up and shoot Ryan. Yes, right in the forehead. Yes, very important for later. Yes. And then opening credits with some plot points, like in the title cards behind it. Basically, two neighboring towns, Shady Side Bad, Sunnyvale Good. Yeah, and let me do a little wrap around there, Randy Bobandi. Every single time they said Sunnyvale, I could not help but think about Trailer Park Boys. I figured, I was waiting to see if that's what you were thinking. Yeah, I'm mowing the air, Rand! Next, we cut to our main character, Dina, and she's trying to write this letter to Sam, this girl who's her ex, and she keeps scribbling it out. She's having trouble going through with it, and we're introduced to her little brother, Josh, who's in the most cringy instant messenger chats <laughs> down in the basement listening to Fear of the Dark by Iron Maiden. Oh, this I love this kid. He's so great. He's on. He's in the basement on the computer just all day listening to metal. He's surrounded by like snacks and CDs, and there's like you can see like a pile of uh, video games in the corner. There's like VHS tapes. Like he just kind of hangs like curtains around him. Like this looks like a like four chan dungeon. Yeah, except thankfully he's not in Selly. You know what I mean? But yes, it does. No. No, but he just really loves the onlines. Yeah, and he does have some cringy dialogue, like, where's my lady of darkness tonight? (laughs) But it's so weird. (laughs) It's so funny. But they're talking about, you hear there's another murder last night, another uh, shady side person gone crazy and evil. And you get your first hints of blaming it on the witch here, Sarah Fear. Yeah, there's like a nursery rhyme for this town about this witch. And whatnot. It's almost like Nightmare on Elm Street with their Freddy thing. It's like, isn't it really weird that the kids have the chant about the killer? <laughs> yeah, that is very odd. But yes, that's what this is like. This is also before YouTube, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you cut to school, and we're introduced to a few more characters, mainly this cheerleader girl, Kate, and her friend Simon. Josh has a crush on Kate, and. There's also a memorial on Heather, our girl from the opening's locker. I really like Kate and Simon. I do, too. I love these two very much, actually. They're probably my favorite characters in it. Yeah, they're awesome. Because they're drug dealers. like they're And they're dealing pills. It's not even like they're dealing weed. It's like, oh, whatever. They're dealing pills. And even, like, was it, um... Simon, like, says that his brother OD'd from, like, shit they gave him and stuff. But it's, for some reason, played off by, like, high school laughs. Yeah, and, like, it's also funny that Kate's the cheerleader, which is more realistic than, like, movie stereotypes go. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There are... I mean, of course, there were, like, a couple of the really stuck-up, way, way preppy people that wouldn't have anything to do with anyone. But I liked new cheerleaders, and they hung out with the theater people and the band people. Like, I like that they kind of intermingle like that, and it's not just, like, mean girls of the classes. <laughs> yeah, they, they people don't just fit into a singular box, and this movie kind of gets that. That makes me pretty happy about it. It's very well written. In the bathroom, Kate and Simon are in there with Dina, and they're talking about the witch legend, and 
the nursery rhymes written out on the stalls. And, oh, they go back outside. And look, I know we've said this 50 times already in the five minutes we've been on. But <laughs> they're doing Scream. Oh. You literally have someone in the skull face mask running through the hallway dragging a body. And Simon is doing his best Stu Mocker impression that he can. Oh, 100%. I'm not even mad. I'm like, okay, yeah, pay homage to that. Well done. He's jumping around and screaming and whooping it up. He's chewing the scenery for a second. It still tastes like Matthew Lillard. So they're going to this football game. They're going to have a memorial for Heather at the beginning of the game. It's at the Sunnyvale place, though. But here's the thing. Is this normal? I don't know. Like, were the band, the cheerleaders, and the football team all ride on the same bus? No, they all get their own buses, usually. Well, I, I've seen, like, the cheerleaders and bands go together a lot of times. So usually the team's on their own bus most of the time. Yeah, or they get driven by their parents, which is a lot of what happened with, like, band kids and stuff. Yeah, exactly. But, oh, well, there's this memorial before the game, and it's cutting back and forth from in there and what's going on with Dina. Dina sees Sam at the memorial, who she used to live with them in Shadyside. She moved to Sunnyvale, and now she has a new boyfriend. I think this is a smart part of writing, because the entire time Dina's just talking about Sam, 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 and then you see her like look across the field at the memorial, and you see the, like she focuses in on this guy and this girl, and the entire time you're like, oh yeah, it's the guy, and then they do the great switch of like, oh no, it's the girl, okay. And I think they play it really smart, because this is in the 90s, remember? Look, I'm not saying it's right, but things were not as accepted back then. Like, we've come a very long way, thankfully. But, like, the mom doesn't like them together and stuff like that. Not that I like to see that, but they did get that realism down with it more. And, like, she, they never tell people they were together. Dude, small town high school in the 90s, yeah, that's what it would have been like. Even I remember in high school in the late 2000s, going into, like, 2010s. It was still, like, taboo. Yeah, definitely. But I do love the, like, the later on, the shit-eating, like, where, like, the fucking, I'll fucking want to kill you with my eyes glare that the mother gives them. And, oh, the, yeah. and they're both like, fuck you, we don't care. But she's trying to give her stuff back, they get into a big argument, as that's going on, the memorial at the field turns into a brawl, because the Sunnyvilles are like, can't call it a tragedy when it happens every other week, and it turns into a giant fight in the middle of the field, <laughs> And I don't know what happened during the game. I don't know if the game even took place, but we yeah. cut hard cut to the bus, and Katie is, like, rallying the troops pretty much on the bus. Oh, God, I could give a shit about, like, sports movies and stuff most of the time, unless it's Slapshot, the greatest sports movie ever made. But I wanted to see this game of, like, yeah, kick Sunnyvale's ass! Like... <laughs> Yeah, after they all got into a brawl, I kind of was interested in the football game. I'm like, you know what? I'd tune into this game. Yeah, it never happened. No, but Katie's rallying everyone on the bus about, fuck those Sunnyvale like, bastards, what are we going to do, kill them, all this kind of stuff. And then a car pulls up behind them, and it's Sam, her boyfriend Peter, and someone else all wearing skull masks, like, taunting them from behind the bus. First, Simon moons them, and that doesn't have much effect on them. <laughs> but it was funny. But they start throwing shit at the bus, and so Dina gets the idea to go dump a, the Gatorade on them, like, from the big, what's it called, a tub? Yeah, the big Gatorade thing. Like, the, you see it, like, they dump them on the coach on the Super Bowl game. Yeah, exactly. But they're gonna dump that, but right when they go, Dina gets a nosebleed, 
and it distracts, and the cooler, the whole tub goes out and smashes into the car behind him, and of course there's a wreck and everything, and she yells, stop the bus! By the way, this is the most chill bus driver I've ever seen in my life! One, he's not bothered by the car tailgating him, throwing shit at him. No. Gotta get these kids home. Doesn't do anything when the emergency back door goes open and a cooler flies out. She has to yell, stop the bus, to get him to stop. By the way, never seen either. Not when the cops show up, you don't see, like, a statement from the driver or anything. No, you never see the bus driver. You don't see many adults for long. It's almost like this is the Charles, uh, uh, Charlie Brown universe of there's no adults anywhere and it's just the kids have to rally for themselves very much but they go to the car crash and sam's nose is bleeding too and she puts her hands on the ground crawls out of the car and she has like a quick snap of like this red vision of a witch and everything yeah and she sees an ego waffle and it's like so much once again when they did the nosebleed thing i'm like you're you're doing stranger things a little bit there like i still like you but i see you the cops are questioning everybody, and not one of these kids are talking to no police. None of them turn her in. I love every, because this happens a couple times throughout the movie, of when the cops interrogate the kids, they all have the exact same story and will not talk to them. Even if it's about their enemy. Exactly. By the way, Sam also pukes blood on Simon, and she was taken by the EMTs onto his shirt and everything. Yes, and it gets on some of uh, Dina's shoes uh, and that kind of stuff. That's important. Um, I guess it's that night or the next night, Dina's calling the hospital to check on Sam, but her mom answers and clearly hates Dina. But then she keeps hearing the doorbell ring. She's yelling at Josh to get the door, but he's downstairs listening to some white zombie playing video games. He doesn't get it. (laughs) I did catch the white zombie, and I loved it. Yes. So she goes out, and there's a guy in the... What do they keep calling a skull mask? Like the skull mask outfit standing outside, and she thinks it's Peter, uh, Sam's boyfriend. She's all pissed off. She's yelling, get out of here. I see you got the whole costume now. He doesn't react. And also at another house, Kate's babysitting and having the children she's babysitting sort her pills that she sells. And it's like, now remember, you don't eat any of these because you will OD and die and have a seizure. And they're like, okay. And so as long as you sort these pills correctly, you can have as much TV time as you want. Simon's there too. And Skull Mask is in the house with them. They hear it. And it's, they come around the corner and it's just going through their laundry. It doesn't attack them or anything. Because remember, we'll find out later, but Sam puked on, like, blood on Simon's shirt. Yes, and it becomes, I'm going to go ahead and just say it so we can stop dancing around it. Because I don't know how much longer I can do that. Of The blood is extremely important. Because oh, yeah. they're basically, these killers are smelling for the blood of Samantha. Exactly. But... They all meet up, Kate, Simon, Dina, and Josh, and they, they still all think it was Peter, so they're going to the hospital to see Sam and, like, question her, why is your boyfriend doing this? And they get in after visiting hours because Sam has a hookup at the hospital, which is how she's getting these pills. It's not even through, like, a prescription she has. She has a nurse there that sells her the pills. Yeah, and it's it, he's extremely funny. I love how he comes out. And I forget, what was his name? Nurse Benny. Uh, Benny, and he's... It's, a uh, name's supposed to be like Eddie or something, but he fucked oh, up his name. Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. They go to the hospital, see Sam, and Peter's there. He ha- and she's like, he's been here the whole time. Dina doesn't believe him. They're getting into a shouting match, and then quick stab through Peter mid-shouting match. Skullface kills him right there. 
perfect because I hate Peter because he's from the bad school. You know what? And I want to give this movie credit. I'm thinking Netflix original horror movie. They don't skimp on like the blood and gore in this. I was impressed. Oh, no, they did. Because I was um, wondering what they would do with that as well. Are they going to sanitize it or or is it going to actually like show the shit? And they showed some shit. Yeah, this is our first like taste of that. I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah, I'm I'm in for it. Sam and Dina run and hide, and the skull face kills the pill nurse, and the other three, Simon, Kate, and Josh, steal an ambulance, and all five get away, but we have the Ryan reveal here. They see that it's him, and also he's killed like the nurse at the front desk. This thing's just on a tear. Oh yeah, because we see the bullet hole. Also, there's flies all around him. And like you mentioned, I love that they steal an ambulance, and that's their vehicle for the rest of the movie. They just drive around in a stolen ambulance. Yeah, they never, like, switched out for a, like, more inconspicuous vehicle. And I thought it was going to come into play later with what they're, like... I know it kind of comes into play, but I thought it was going to be a bigger thing, what their main plan is. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, th- that would have a bigger part in it. Yeah. But they go and talk to this cop whose name is Officer Simon, Nick Simon, and they're telling him what's going on, and he doesn't believe him for a second. And he's like, he shows him a crime scene, like, this is Ryan. Like, well, you made some kind of mistake. He doesn't believe him at all. By the way, the, like we said, the ambulance just parked right out there. Oh, yeah, just parked in, f- like, right in front of the police office, like, or police station. Like, you know, like, that's going to stick out, especially in the small town. And Simon's out taking a piss in the alleyway, and he hears this weird girl singing, and she's kind of cute, so he goes up to her and everything, and she just slices Simon's leg and is about to kill him, but Dina saves the day because she stole the cop's gun on the way out and shoots her a bunch. They all run, but this girl just sits straight back up and has, like, black tar coming out of her and everything. Oh, Dina does this great thing because the cops don't believe them, of course, about, like, the guy that just got killed two days ago is the murderer. So she does this great, like, fake out with the one cop and steals his gun if she bumps into him. And he's like, get off me! Yeah, again, I don't think they ever notice or come after them for it, but... No! But the the sit-up, like, the straight-up, like, Michael Myers Undertaker sit-up she does, and she's just, like, leaking tar out of her and everything. I'm like, oh! So this is an entirely new element to this that I wasn't expecting? No, I wasn't seeing this come. Especially, like, because they shoot her eye out, and then, like, the eye regrows back. It's like, oh, okay, we're dealing with one of those kind of monsters. They all get away, and Josh is explaining Ruby Lane. 30 years ago, she went crazy and killed her family or something like that. She was singing a song while she did it. And then he's going through all these shady side killers and connections, like, for all of them. Like, everyone went crazy. He thinks they're all possessed by the witch. Because there's a witch curse, and she cut off her hand right before she was killed, so it would forever place a curse on all the residents of Shadyside. And I love a great newspaper clipping reveal of Josh just throwing down newspaper clippings and, like, things he printed off the internet and whatnot, like, onto the table and everyone looking at them and, like, reading through them. It reminds me of, like, Friday the 13th, I'm going to say 4. Yeah, when there's the, like, newspaper clippings and whatnot. Exactly. And they realize they're after them because Sam saw her after the accident, her little flash thing she had. Right. So to really think about it for a second, Sam just has horrible luck. It could have been any of them 
step out of that car and accidentally touched like the wrong spot in this forest. And now they're cursed. Exactly. Well, think if it happens so often, it has to be a pretty easily like accessible thing to happen. Yeah, like, how many people are wrecking at this exact spot? It's like the witch is using her evil powers to make them wreck. I don't think it has to be a wreck. (laughs) Well, no, they wreck at that spot, and they stumble out, and they touch the bad spot. You think they'd put up a guardrail after, like, the 20th time? But, like, the witch uses her powers, and, like, it's almost like Evil Dead 2 when Bruce Campbell's flying through the woods. Like, she makes him do that right (laughs) onto the spot. It's like, God damn it! They go to the accident site, and they're looking around, and they find, like, chains and this disturbed grave and all this kind of stuff. Dude, bury this shit deeper! I was gonna say, this is another, like, this is a part that was like, come on. This is from the 1600s, and it's laying on top of the ground, basically, under some moss. Well, I guess if anyone did go to bury it deeper or anything, like, hey, we should do this more, they'd go crazy and kill people, so let's just leave it there. Yeah, true. Or the witch is like, I will make the bones rise. Honestly, that's probably more likely, to be honest. I'm really learning I love witch stuff. Dude, this kind, I really do. I really enjoy this kind of stuff. Yeah, like, this I enjoy with the witch backstory stuff. The Vivitch, I enjoyed. Suspiria. Like, I'm in for witch horror. Black Sunday. Something I never really considered, like, as a subgenre I like. But no, I'm with you. No, like, I just, like, randomly thought of that, of, like, I can't think of any that I've seen that I don't like. I love Hocus Pocus. Yeah, very different, but yes. (laughs) But they're gonna rebury the bones, hopefully, put her back at rest and everything. As they're doing it, Sam's nose starts bleeding, and she has another vision, and hears, it's you! And then, fucking Jason Voorhees, I mean, the Camp Nightwing killer, comes running out of the (laughs) woods, right past Josh, doesn't attack him, and goes after them but they all get away in the ambulance. So this looks just like part two, Jason, or if you want to get technical, the town that dreaded sundown. Thank you, sir. Cause I was about to say that. Now what this I also know. reminds me of is the Tim Burton, sleepy hollow movie where the headless horseman only goes after specific people and wants to leave everyone else alone. Yeah, this one does, but I'll tell you what the other, <laughs> what skull mask didn't give a fuck. He was carving up everybody. Yeah, the rules are weird of, like, sometimes they're hyper-focused on Sam. Other times they're like, oh, this could be a cool kill, and does it to someone else. Maybe because he's new, you know what I mean? He's still a go-getter. Well, he's also the slasher, so he's like, it's in my name! But the cop is at the hospital crime scene now, and he finds a locket that's outside. Does he know who this is? The Ruby Lane locket, right? It seems like the cop knows something is up because later he makes a phone call and says something like she's back or something like, or he drops it's, off a letter happening. in the mailbox. Yeah. yeah. Now they're at school changing, they're showering, getting all the traces of blood off them and getting supplies for uh-huh. their trap they're going to do. I'm a sucker for these movies where the kids for some reason have their great showdown at the school and break in after hours. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know either, but I love it as well. I think it's just a fantasy thing of, like, coming up through, like, middle school and high school and being like, wouldn't it be cool to run around the school at night and, like, just do whatever? 
and Josh is checking Katie for blood all over her. And remember, he has a crush on her, so he's very nervous about it and everything. But they end up kissing. And in the other room, Sam and Dina are making out. Poor Simon's just in the hallway. Simon is in the bathroom jerking off by himself. Yeah, because they come out. They all both come out of their respective rooms. And Simon's like, did you all go to Pound Town? Like, sounded sad. And he goes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> But well, I love because Josh has like the biggest grit on his face, and Kate's like he barely got the first base. <laughs> Still, this is, this is high school crush. He's very happy right now. Oh yeah, I love the shit eating shit eating grin on his face of just like, oh, yeah, I kissed a girl. <laughs> but they set this trap with chemicals and blood, and they use a mop to make like trails of blood to the bathroom, and they set up a ton of chemicals in there, and Sam's also in there. Very smart. Yeah, and this is awesome because all the killers show up in different entrances and follow their own blood trails and they all see them. They're like, they're here. And they all like convene in the bathroom at the same time and walk in. And they're all like smashing the stalls open as Sam got away in the vent outside of the bathroom. And they lock them in and they set fire to the chemicals that go in and explode. And it splats them all over the wall. They're dead. Oh, this is awesome, because they then they go into the bathroom, and they're all cheering, like, we did it! And then the creatures start reforming their globs. Like, they're literally like mush, but the mush is reforming back into the people. This part reminded me of Monster Squad when the werewolf exploded. Yeah, a little bit. Because one of the blobs just, like, reaches up and grabs, like, it's a hand, and they all run away again. And yeah. At this point, Kate wants to just let them get Sam, because, like, she's not, they're not after us, they're after her, and they fight, and Sam does the self-sacrifice, she's right, she goes out into the hall, the killers are coming for her, but at the last second, Kate pulls her back in, she's like, there's another way, because, I guess, Josh was flipping through his notes, and there's this woman named C. Berman, she's the key, because she survived. Yeah, he was reading about the, um, 78 massacre, the Camp Crystal Lake knockoff one. And about there was a one survivor who said that she saw the witch and blah, blah, blah. It's like, there's a way to save her. And at the very last second, they pull Sam back into the room. <laughs> it's like you could have did it a little quicker. But they yeah. in and they call her because back then people's numbers were in the phone book. It was very easy. And there's no answer. <laughs> they leave a message. But then he's reading further and he realized that she died and came back. That's the way to do it. She has to die because the witch needs them to die and then she'll leave them alone. Which is an interesting idea to take this movie in. When this came up, I was like, oh, okay. Look, and by the way, I think their plan B with the dying is the better plan to go with right from the get-go. But we'll get there when we get there. But this is also where we talked about the cop leaves a note at a house that says it's happening again. So, I don't know if you know any more about this series. Because this is the one that takes place the latest year-wise. Yes. So, are we just going to get the other stories now? And we're it loops back at the it? end of the last one. Okay, so we actually do get a resolution. Yeah, we get a conclusion at the end, yeah. Okay, because as soon as that happened at the end of this one, and, and there was like a couple loose things like that, I was like, oh, come on. Like, are we, do I have to wait for more movies? No, it loops back around at the end of the whole thing. Good. The teens all go to this grocery store. I thinking one of them must work at it for them to get in. I don't know. And yeah, their plan Simon does. is that... Okay. And they're at the pharmacy, and their plan is to have Sam overdose and come back. And they lay out three groups of pills. So, like, take this one first, then take this one. 
Then you need a five minute cooldown and then take these last ones. Yeah, so their big plan is like this is why they set up that his brother OD'd and they're that they're uh, drug dealers that deal pills. Is like, oh, this is how you're gonna die. Exactly. Which again, I think their plan B was smarter anyway. Yeah. But the others are like coating themselves with Sam's blood so like they can be distractions. Terrible idea. Dump some blood somewhere else or something. Oh yeah, because like a, everyone except Simon gets it like on clothing. Simon just has it on his chest, so there's no ditching that and running away. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. Like at least put it on your shoes or something that you can kick off. Yeah, exactly. But Sam starts taking the pills, and Dina gives her the second round, and she's freaking out and obviously not having a great time, and she now has to wait five minutes in this state. I love, like, she starts, like, grabbing Dina's face and everything. Oh, she, like, because at first she's super loopy, and, like, she's just super high and having a great time, and then it almost kicks into, like, train spotting of, like, she's, like, shaking and, like, throwing up, and, like, her eyes are sunken in, and she's, like, pale. Yeah. And Skull Mask shows up, almost gets Sam, and but she's stopped by Kate with an aerosol flamethrower, which we all played with when we were kids. Oh, and, yes. But the bad thing is they lose, like, the last round of pills in this commotion. Put them in a bag! Come on, you're in a grocery yeah. store! They also put them on, like, a plastic tray, and they keep rolling around. When they were like, specifically, do these ones in this order and whatnot. Like... Like you said, why don't they just go to plan B? Because that's the one that actually works. Because I think if you take all these pills, just bringing you back isn't enough. You have to, like, get your stomach pumped. Yeah, exactly. But Dina sees and gets this idea that there's a lobster tank, and she stares <laughs> at it, which she's going to drown Sam and bring her back. But I love because it cuts away from it. It comes cuts back to just a lobster crawling along the floor. There's, like, a... Like a trail of like just wetness behind him it's so funny but skull mask is attacking kate in the bakery and it's kind of slapstick for a second then it's super dark because he shoves her face in a cake and like oh haha and then it takes a crazy turn in a little bit oh yeah this is where also in watching this i'm like okay they're it's gonna be like sporadic little things happen here and here to side characters but our main group's gonna be fine no, but because the other killers show up, and Kate stabbed and then thrown onto the bread slicer table, and yeah. her head goes through the bread slicer. Dude, this kills what actually sold me on this series, because I kept seeing, like, all those, like, gore clips and everything, and I kept seeing people talk about the bread slicer kill. I'm like, what's the bread slicer kill? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, this was an awesome kill. Because, yeah, it goes through all the, like, the little tiny saws, and it just shreds her head apart. And it bummed me out, because it's one of my favorite characters. I was like, oh, come on. And she just ki uh, kissed Josh. If they got through all this together, maybe they would have gone all the way. Poor Josh. <laughs> and then Simon gets killed by, I think, the Ruby Lane girl, right? Uh... I believe, yeah, because that gets, one has been the one that's been after him the whole time. Yeah, so he gets killed. And look, okay, I'm going to break this down at this point. They're all trying to save Sam. The Kate's point earlier was, but we're all going to die. Now you, you save Sam, but you've lost two. So you're actually down your original percentage if you didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. 
of like, like, okay, sure, for the story of the movie, Sam is more important than Kate or Simon. But in the real world of, let's say this is happening in, they're also people. Yeah, and now, just because they're not the main characters, they're both dead. In the plan to save one person. Simon has been taking care of his entire family since he was 15 financially. Yeah, now what? Good guy, Simon. Yeah. Sam, Sam, you gonna step in and cover Simon's bills? (laughs) But then Josh is about to be killed, like the big Jason ones, like the Camp Nightwing killers running at him. But right then, we cut to Sam drowning, and all the killers disintegrate away, because she's dead. Right, and happy ending, right? Everything's over. They did... (laughs) It's a, like, they did what they needed to do. Witch is gone. And it's not even a guarantee you're going to bring her back. How fucked would it have been if they didn't? And now there's three of you gone. Oh, yeah, really? Like, fuck. Like, she still died. And now we also lost these other people. And then they hit her with, I think, like, ten EpiPens. Dude, I feel like that would make your heart explode. Yeah, I feel like that was too many. Because Josh looks at Dina is like, you know what you're doing? She's like, no. <laughs> yeah, I think one and then moved to the CPR. But no, she gives her like 10 before even trying CPR. It's not like she tried C- gave one to CPR and kept going. No, you're doing this terribly. Yeah, do the CPR first. Yeah, but she does come back. She wakes up. They're all okay. And we're cutting to them both being, all three of them being interviewed by the cop we were talking about. And he's like, you know, this is all going to be blamed on Kate and Simon. And they're kind of sad about it, but they also are smart enough to realize that sucks, but we know the truth. It doesn't do them any good for us to clear their name, but then all this happened to us. Yeah, they're already dead, so... Exactly. And then, I'm sure we'll come back, Josh gives a paperclip to a cuff guy, and the guy hands him a card and goes, I owe you. Yeah, which it's the janitor from the mall who keeps getting arrested, it seems, like every week. Yes. The the three teens live. Dina and Sam have a kiss. This is where it starts to get a little Lord of the Ringsy for me, where I feel like the movie's ended ten times before it ends. Yeah, when Sam walks in on the uh, Frodo suck fest and tells the little hobbits to scram, and then Sam fucking bricks in Frodo's mouth. Thank you for that visual. But <laughs> <laughs> that night, Dina gives Sam a mixtape, and they're listening. They're a happy couple now. Everything's fine. Phone rings, but it's that C. Berman, the survivor from the Camp Nightwing. And she's like, it's not over. She's like, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. She goes, she makes the rules. It's not over. And then we have this shot, like, underground next to some, like, creepy evil symbol with all the names of the previous, like, Sarah Fear victims. And Sam's name is etched into the rock right then. Yeah, this was a weird part of like, oh, okay, this like really went weird all of a sudden. It's been odd throughout the entire movie. Now, like, mystic stones are being engraved. Yeah, and then <laughs> Dina turns around and just gets fucking stabbed in the stomach by Sam. I thought she was yeah. dead. Yeah, it's, it's where like she just looks down and all of a sudden she's just stabbed. It's like, where did that come from? Yeah, and then we cut from that, like, super dramatic tense thing to Josh just back down on AIM again. He's defending Kate and Simon, saying they're great people and everything. Finally, he hears the fight upstairs that he runs up, and Sam looks like she's possessed, like she's ragged in the exorcist. She's yeah. wrapped up in the phone cord, which we would not have this option today, but very good for back then. <laughs> exactly. 
And then we cut to credits to some white zombie, and then we get a trailer for the next part, which looks really fun when you're watching. Like, it gets you excited, no joke, like, right after finishing that, when you get that trailer. Oh, I'm looking forward to covering the next one. Oh, good. And that's Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Fuck yeah. I'd say I was a little skeptical at the beginning, now after finishing this one and rather enjoying it. You know, there was, like I said, there's quite a few things I can point out that they definitely, like, there's things like the Wolfman from uh, Monster Squad that could just be my brain doing that, most likely. But there's definitely scream things that are homages, let's say. Yeah, the Wolfman one might be yours. I'll give you that. Probably. But no, the scream ones are 100% on the nose. Definitely. Yeah. But no, I'm looking forward to covering the other ones, and this one was definitely fun. I would say it's worth a watch. By the way, people, we are dropping these all right in a row. So, yes. yeah, come back tomorrow. You'll get part two. Yay! All right, you want to get Count of the Dead? Yes, let's get into the Greg's Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. All right, let's ride with Horror Count of the Dead. We're going to tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think what we got with Fear Street, Part 1, 1994? That's going to be a confusing title for me to type and then have 2021 at the end of it. <laughs> oh, God, I don't even know. Um, I'm going to say seven. Seven? Sure. You know what got you? Is the montage of the killers. When he's going through all of them, you see him just killing a ton of people. We got 11. Oh, okay, nice. Well, that's great. Scout of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. Uh, So basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll write the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. I come up with that thing right now. Okay, so I'm going to do things from the 90s. Oh, perfect. Because this is in 94. I was one! (laughs) Dude, you could run that for this entire series. That's actually a pretty nice pick. Oh, that's actually super easy. So, yeah, I know what. Well, what do I pick for a 1600s thing? I know. That one is going to be fun. I'm excited. (laughs) I already already can think of one. Okay. So, a number one version of a 90s thing, the worst version of a 90s thing. Remember those pants that would go like over your shoes and then you would walk uh, Jinko jeans? Yes, I do. And they would your pants would get wet and then you would just walk <laughs> around with wet jeans for the rest of the day and it sucked. <laughs> they would go like over your shoes. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Why is this a thing? And every time you see anyone bring up Jinko jeans, it's the yeah, they were horrible and got like really wet. Yes. I'm going to say a number 10 version of a 90s thing, my favorite kind of 90s thing, is going to be Suncoast Video. Okay. I love that place so much. If I could, I know there's still like one or two out there. I think there's one in Jersey. But if they could come back like nationwide, like that would be so amazing. And start selling VHS tapes. They had the best posters. Like that place ruled back in the day. Dude, I'd settle for any video store that isn't FYE making a comeback. Yeah, because FYE is like triple the amount that anywhere else is. Exactly. Um, I really liked Fear Street 94. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, I think. It's one I think I will revisit at some point, especially after watching all of them, if I really like all of them. But yeah, I think it's definitely worth checking out. I had a great time. A better time than I thought I would. I'm really glad because I had no idea what to expect of your liking coming into this. 
Um, I agree with you 100%. I gave it seven things from the 90s out of 10 as well. Nice. All the same yeah. reasons you said. Like, no joke, the first time I watched this, I'm like, I'm legit impressed. Because I, I don't know. Not to say Netflix is bad, but let's be real. They're kind of the worst streaming service for horror. So when I hear they're yeah. doing this big three-part thing, I'm like, oh, and then it's going to be bloated and, like, drug out to fill three movies. It's, I, I just had a lot of, like, negative things in my mind thinking about it at first. And when I watched it, I had a great time with it. I actually got attached to the characters. They had good kills. It was a fun movie. Yeah, definitely highly recommend. Like you said, I you actually enjoy the characters. They're fleshed out. It's not just... A uh, random uh, body for the axe, number one. Random body for the axe, number two. <laughs> I feel like that has a lot to do with it being based on a book. You know what I mean? True. Yeah, that probably helps as well. All right, well, that's all I got. But like I said, check back tomorrow. We will have Fear Street Part 2 up tomorrow. Yes, and we hope that Fear Street 1994 has left your brain throbbing with horror. Oh, hey. Didn't see you there. Well, that was a fun episode, wasn't it? Be sure you tune in next week for another fun episode. And be sure to check out all our social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin. I hear the guy that runs them is really great.